prayers that we belong to you, Father. That you love us, that you care for us. Lord, thank you for our salvation found in you. Lord, you teach us now in this time as we can. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The children may go to children's church. All righty. Thank you, leaders. Praise the Lord. Some things to be praying about this week. Um, Wednesday at 11 o'clock, our leadership team will meet with two trustees and the director of missions for the Petersburg Baptist Association. Very important meeting. Very important meeting, and so uh, be praying, be praying about that for us, please. And then on Friday, Dens hits the road for Lynchburg Friday evening, and they'll be in Indiana Saturday night. So a lot to pray about there, um, even in the even in all the travel and all that will go on in that. So be um, be praying for praying for Dens and their ministry and all that God, God is doing with and through them. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 12. We saw at the end of chapter 11 how the gospel in the midst of persecution, in the midst of people being pushed all over the place because of because of that persecution, the gospel continued to spread. The gospel continued to go out. And remember, this was the first time, this was the first time that people intentionally took the gospel to the people, took the gospel to the people and shared, shared their witness, shared the gospel. And it was, um, and, the, and the church grew tremendously in that time. And, and what we're going to see, what we're going to see is when, is when God is doing a work, the enemy is at work as well. When God is doing a tremendous work, the enemy is at, is at work as well. And um, we must be armored. We must be prepared. We must be prayed up. We must um, understand it for what it is. We, we must realize that that is that that is something that as long, as long as the devil has the ability to roam to and fro, seeking who he may devour, he's going to do that. And he's going to tear down whatever he can tear down. He's going to tear down whoever he can tear down. He's going to do those things. But there will come a day, there will come a day when God will put the devil away forever. The Bible is clear about that. The Bible is clear that there will come a day when the devil will be put away forever. Sin and death and all of those things will be put away forevermore. So as we, um, as we work through this life, as we journey in this life, as we, as we um, go through the things that we go through, as we go through from mountaintops to valleys, as we deal with all of these different things, I would simply say, hang on. Stay 
Stay connected to the Lord. Stay um, searching after the Lord. Stay in His Word. Stay on your knees in prayer. Continue to, um, to fight the good fight. Continue the, the fight of faith. Well, I'm going to start with this this morning. How about those gospel conversations? How about those gospel conversations this week? All right, so I'm sitting in the, um, I'm sitting in the chair getting my eyes examined. Getting, um, getting a new prescription for glasses and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm sitting in the chair, and the nurse comes in. And, you, you know, you're kind of, uh, it's, it's just an odd kind of thing because, of course, you sit in the chair, and they bring the thing in front of you and everything, and they're taking you through some, some eye tests and so on and so forth. And anyway, it was, just, it was just one of those moments. It was just one of those moments. And the young lady, um, I, just, I just got into a conversation with her. And found out that she had, um, she had come here from New York. She, she and her sister had, had come here from New York. And, they were, and she's, here, um, she's here working in, um, in that eye clinic. And so we talked about her faith. We talked about her faith. And she, and she has a, a faith in Jesus Christ. She, she is a born-again believer. The only, um, the only piece of that is that she does not have a church. She does not have a church. So, you know, I invited her, okay? And I don't know that I'll ever see that girl again. Don't know that I'll ever see her again unless I go back in two years and she's still working there. If I go back in two years, glasses are rather expensive in case you didn't figure that out. But anyhow, um, but anyhow, um, so we had that conversation, found out she was a believer, and we just, um, and we just rejoiced. We rejoiced in that as I was sitting there um, because... They dilated my pupils, and you get to a point where you just can't see. Okay, so, you know, you're just trusting in, you're just trusting in those around you at that point. But any, anyway, anybody else? Anything to share about... Yes, Scott? So, Monday night, you know, we, we share the gospel regularly here on Monday night. Amen. There you go. Amen. And so I wrote an article this week. I wrote an article this week that will come out in a newspaper, come out in the newspaper. And it's the article, um, No Pastor Yet. 
And, you, you know, um, I would encourage you to pick up a copy of Chester Village News if you have, if you're in a place where you can get that, and, um, or go to Village News Online, and um, you can read what, what I wrote. But the, the question I ask in there, and the question that, and the thing that I continue to try to, to teach you all is, what will we do for the sake of the gospel? Paul said, I've become all things to all men so that I may save some of them. Okay, and we know that Paul doesn't save, God saves. But, but the question is, but the question is, what, what, is what, what does it mean to be all things to all men? And um, I'll tell you that our Monday night, our Monday night didn't, didn't end until about 1130. Um, by the time we had done all that we had done, and I say that we did it for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel going forth, for people to see, for people to see that, you know what? Even a pastor will figure out things. A pastor will figure out things, whether it's, whether it's something electrical or something mechanical or something, you name it, a pastor will go figure it out. If a pastor says, you know what? It's all about the gospel going forth. And if I got to figure out, if I got to figure out how to change a transmission in somebody's car for the gospel to go forth, then I'm going to change a transmission in somebody's car. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to, you might not want to drive it after that, but I mean, I'm, I'm going I'm to learn how to change your transmission, okay? But, so Acts chapter 12, here we go. Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Four verses this morning. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we just lift all of this up to you, all that you are doing, all that we are doing. Father, I pray that what we are doing is what you are leading us to do. Father, I pray over this meeting on Wednesday. I pray over Den's traveling this weekend. Lord, I pray that... Father, as we dig into your word right this moment, Lord, that you'll change us through your word. Lord, that you'll change our thinking. And Lord, that you'll ensure that we are where you want us to be doing what you want us to be doing. Father, carrying the gospel to a lost and dying world. Lord, as, as, we, have, as we have made so many changes around this place, Lord, we did that for the sake of the gospel. Lord, and we, and we, that the gospel would go forth through this place, that the gospel would go forth through each of us. And Lord, I just pray now that you would illuminate this word for us. Lord, that we would um, take from it everything that you have for us. All this in your most precious name, amen. Herod, this is not Herod the Great. You remember Herod the Great back in Jesus' day? You remember what Herod the Great did? Herod the Great um, ordered that all young, children, all young males would be killed because they were trying to kill, he was trying to kill Jesus. He was trying to kill Jesus in, in, in that. And you remember Mary and Joseph were, were told to flee and all of that to get away from, to get away from this. Um, the Herods were a dynasty. The Herods were, were um, part of the part of the rich and famous part of it, but, but not so much. And the Herod that we're going to talk about today is the grandson of Herod the Great. This is Herod Agrippa I that we're talking about here today. And, and these Herods, and these Herods were, um, they were tough people. They were, um, they were bad people. Um, and and, and I'll, I'll say that and I'll explain that 
I'll explain um, who, they, who they really were. And it's, it's, interesting, it's interesting that they would have, um, that they would be uh, pronounced king over, over this region, this region known as, at that time, northern Palestine. And, and they added Judea and Samaria and all this to, to this particular Herod's reign and, and so on. But the Herods came from a place called Idumea. They were Idumeans. They were Idumeans. And Idumea is a Greek word for Edomite. A Greek word for Edomite. Now let's, let's think back to the lineage. Let's think back to the lineage of who the Edomites are. You, if you remember your Bible history, if you remember, if you remember the, the Isaac had two sons. Isaac had two sons, one Esau, one Jacob. And, and the, these, two, these two sons, um, these two sons, Esau was the firstborn. Esau was the one who should have gotten the birthright. He was the one that should have gotten the blessing. You remember this now? You remember this part? And Esau, Esau, because he got hungry, because he got physically hungry, gave up the birthright. And because he got deceived by his, by his brother and his mother, um, in a sense, lost the blessing. Lost the blessing. But there, there were other things in play there. God had a purpose behind it all. And, and so anyhow, so there, there was, and Esau is, Esau is the, the father of the Edomite nation. The father of the Edomite nation, who, who by the way, would become enemies would become enemies of the Jews. The Jews would be constantly uh, in battle against them. David, David would go up in battle against the Edomites. So, so it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Okay, so you, so, so you've got the, you've got the Jews. Okay, you've got God's chosen people, but the Messiah has come, and they have chosen to reject the Messiah at this point. Okay, so you, you see how the Jews feel about Christianity and about, about the Christian church and so on. And then you've got, and then you've got the Roman government and, and, the Roman, and the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire is, over, is overseen by who? By an emperor. Is overseen by an emperor, okay? And that emperor, and that emperor thought so much of themselves that they called themselves a what? They called themselves a god, and they were expected, they expected people to worship them like a god. And then here in the middle, and then here in the middle, as if it's not bad enough already, here in the middle comes this Herodian dynasty, this dynasty of the Herods, being pronounced king over all of these different folks. And, and, so, and so you understand that not only, not only were they an enemy of the Jews, even though they were very, almost con connected to the Jews, they were very close to them. But, but they are just greater enemies of the Christian and of the Christian church. So, so as we think about these Herods, and, and it would be interesting for you if, you if you ever chose to, to just look at the family lineage of the Herods and who's all, who all's in there because you're going to see them, you're going to see them throughout the New Testament church. You're going to see them in various different ways. And I, I mean, there's some pretty evil things that come from that particular, 
that particular group. And so, and so as you see that, you hear that, now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. So it shouldn't be any surprise, there should be no surprise that there's someone else that wants to harass the church. And, and, and I'll, I'll just ask you this question, I'll just throw this out, I don't know that I'm going to go down this path, but I will ask this question just to get you thinking. Who's harassing the church today? Who's harassing the church today? I mean, you know, I ask, I ask it a different way back um, a few weeks ago. Who's ravaging the church today? Well, who's harassing the church today? I've got answers. I'm, I don't know that I want to share them. Um, I, I, wish, I, wish that it, I wish that the harassment of the church was coming from the culture because the church is pushing back against the culture. You, you, you know, if, that, if that's why it's happening, then praise the Lord. Then praise the Lord. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to be easy as, as the church pushes back, pushes back against the culture because you know what? The church does need to push back against the culture. The church needs to push back against the culture more than the church looks like the culture. You understand that? We... we we, we must be sanctified. We must be set apart. We must be different. Harris, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother, of, the brother of John, with the sword. James is the first apostle to be martyred. Now, we know that, Stephen got, we know that Stephen's been martyred. He was, he was one of those chosen deacons. But, but James is killed because of his faith. James is killed because of his faith. Now, here's what's interesting. Go to Mark chapter 10. Go to Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35. It's a very interesting piece that, you know what? I don't know that, I don't know that you, can, you could connect the, connect the dots unless you intentionally set out to connect the dots. So, here, so here's what... The conversation with Jesus is about. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. The interesting thing to say to Jesus. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. They didn't want much, did they? But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand, on my left, is not mine to give but it is for those for whom it is prepared. To drink the cup that Jesus had drank and to be baptized with the baptism Jesus was baptized with. What you have to think about there is think about the conversation that Jesus had with the Heavenly Father there in the, in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, before he is arrested. 
You remember that time of prayer that he had? You remember, you remember he was so intense in prayer that, he, that as he was sweating, it was, it was drops of blood that were coming through his pores? You remember that? You remember how intense he was in, in his praying? And he said, he said, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, then so be it. In other words, this cup of iniquity, this cup that I am about to have to drink, this that I'm about to have to drink. And, and, and what he means is, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to go to the cross, and I'm about to be nailed to this cross. And the sin of mankind is about to be put upon me. Lord, if that can pass from me, then I, then I, would, then I would wish that, but not my will be done, your will be done, is what, is what Jesus said. And so, this is what is being talked about right here. In other words, the cup, the cup, that, the cup that, Jesus, that Jesus was talking about was his death on the cross. Was his death on the cross and that baptism and, and all that would go into that. All that would go into that. Because you, you, you have to remember, this is, this is near, nearing the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. And we know how Jesus' earthly ministry ends. It ends with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And, and so, as... Now, did you, know that, did you know that Jesus had that conversation with James and John? And you might say, well, yeah, I remember reading that a, a time or two. But, but the thing is, now, tying it together to right here. Tying it together to right here. Realizing that, realizing that you know what, there is a common thread that starts in Genesis and goes all the way to Revelation. There's a common thread, and that common thread is Jesus. That common thread is Jesus. And it says, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. He really, didn't, he really didn't need a reason. He felt like he had all the reason in the world. And that was the Christian faith. And that was, and that was people, people talking about Christ and Christ crucified. Herod kills James, and guess what? The Jews... And because, he, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further. In other words, now he's made... See, this is what the Herods were all about. The Herods were all about money. They were all about um, having things. They were all about building things and making things beautiful and all this kind of stuff and building this dynasty and all these kind of things. You got to... There's something else I didn't tell you about Herod. Herod's just recently got out of prison. Okay, this dude just recently got out of prison. Tiberius, Tiberius, the emperor at that time, put him in prison. Okay, because he was not, he was not a good person. He was not a good person. And, and once Tiberius died, once Tiberius died, he got out of prison. They released him from prison, and then he, and then he, he takes, he, he becomes king. He becomes king. And, and, so as we, and, and so his relationship with Rome was not a good relationship. Even though, even though the emperors Claudius and Gaius gave him um, more and more um, area to oversee. Because see, because see the, all, the Romans, uh, all the Romans wanted was, was they wanted a, an oppressed and suppressed people. They wanted people. They wanted people to do what they told them to do. Pay their taxes, all this kind of stuff, and don't cause trouble. Don't cause insurrection or all those kinds of things. And, and, so, and, and so the middle, the middle man, the Herods, 
the Herods, they, 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 were there, they were there trying to get their piece. They were trying to get their piece of the pie in the midst of, in the, in the midst of keeping, keeping the Romans, you know, happy. Keeping the Romans happy, which you know, you know how that was going, considering Herod. And then, and then here we are with the Jews. Here we are with the Jews, and everybody, everybody has feared the Jews ever since the days of Moses. Everybody has feared them as they've grown in power and, and they, they knowing that they're God's chosen people. So, so you see all this going on? And, and, the one, and the one thing that everybody's going after, the one thing that everybody in common is going after, the Romans, the Herods, the Jews, everybody's going after the Christian church. Everybody's going after the Christian church and everybody's trying, trying to do everything they can to destroy it and to stop it. And I praise God today we stand here, we stand here uh, with the Word of God, with the Word of God and we stand here with, with our faith, with our faith because of those who have gone through the difficult waters, that have gone through the difficult waters. I now get, I now get things from Voice of the Martyrs all the time. There are people still in our, in our world that are being persecuted because of their faith. There are people still going to prison for their faith. There are people still being tortured for their faith. And all of these different things. And we need to pray for those folks. And we need to not take for granted, we need to not take for granted our faith. And our, and our freedom, and our freedom to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Take the gospel and have these gospel conversations have these gospel conversations. Folks, it's not hard. It's not hard to have it. And you know what? If they shut you down, if they shut you down, go to the next person. There's somebody to talk to all the time. There's always somebody to talk to about the gospel. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. There's Peter again. Peter finds himself, you, you, you know, um, Herod could have chosen to kill him, and God, God I would um, simply say God protected Peter in this moment, and, and Peter gets, and Peter gets um, arrested. He gets arrested, and, and he gets imprisoned because of his faith, and everything's around Passover and this days of unleavened bread. You remember that remembrance, that remembrance of the exodus from, from uh, Egypt? And all that went on and, they, you know, the, the unliving bread and all. So they got, that's one of those three feasts where they come, where they come together and they celebrate. Um, feast of the harvest, feast of the first lights, feast of the first fruits, things like that. And those actually mean some of the same things. But now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he arrested him, he put him in prison. And delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. So let, let me tell you what that's, that looks like. So there are four squads of soldiers, four soldiers each squad. For one, for one prisoner named Peter. For one prisoner named Peter, there are, there are four squads of soldiers. And, and, these are, and, and these are probably pretty well trained to do what they're, to do what they're tasked with doing. All the way up to if your prisoner tries to escape, you, you take them out. Okay, but so 16 people are assigned to Peter around the clock. In fact, they said that two of them, that two of them were chained to him. That two of those guards were chained to Peter. 
Okay, so you've got that picture. You've got that picture. You're going to have to hold on until next week to, uh, to know how that's going to turn out, how all of that's going to work out. But, it was, but Herod was intentional about what he was trying to do. And look at, what he sa- look at what it says he was going to do. It says, And delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. You know what he wanted the people to do? He wanted the, pe- he wanted the people to do to Peter what the people did to Jesus. You know, they had the opportunity for Jesus to be released. You know that? Pilate tried to release Jesus. Pilate tried to release Jesus, but what did the people say? Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Crucify him. Crucify him. Remember now, Jesus knew why he came. Jesus knew what his journey was from the moment from the moment that he set foot on this earth or was laid in a manger, whichever way you want to look at it. Jesus knew why he came, and that was to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came for you and I. Jesus died for you and I. And they wanted, and, and, and Herod wanted to make Peter an example as well. He was going to do the same thing. And, and, and you know what? We know that in the end, we know that in the end, Peter died being crucified on a cross. But you know what Peter said? But you know what Peter said? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to die the way my Savior died. Flip me upside down. Flip me upside down because I'm not worthy to die the way Jesus died. So as... As we continue this journey through the book of Acts, as we continue to see the gospel going forth, you, you know, we realize, we realize that, you know, there are going to be things. And, and you know what? Our culture, our culture, we live in a, we, we, we live in a strange culture. We, we live in a strange world right now. We, we, live, in a, we, we live in a world, we, we, we live in a, wow. There are some people with some really strange views, and, and, I would, and I would tell you, and I would tell you to be very mindful, be very mindful of where people are trying to lead you or me. We need to be mindful of those things. And, but here's, here's the important piece of it. The important piece of it is that in the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of everything, the gospel continues to go forth that the gospel continues to make, make its journey. You, you know, the gospel has been around the world. You realize that, right? You realize that the gospel has been around the world. Because where do we stand right now? Where am I standing right this moment? you got to think hard to figure me out right this moment, but I'm standing in the uttermost parts of the earth right this moment. Do you understand that? You remember Acts 1.8? And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I am standing in the uttermost parts of the earth. 
the gospel has made it around the world. But there are people still, there are people still, even though the gospel has circled the globe, there are people still that have never heard about Jesus. There are people groups, there are people groups in this world that have never heard the name of Jesus ever proclaimed. We, from time to time, run into, run into children. We run into children that have never heard the name of Jesus. And I'm talking about in downtown Chester, Virginia. There are people that we run into that have never heard the name of Jesus. That, that, that's a scary thought. But I praise the Lord that the Lord allowed us to walk across their path or them to walk across our path and we get to have a conversation about the Lord Jesus Christ. May we, may we never lose our focus. May we never lose our focus. No matter, no matter what turns and twists and hills and valleys we go through in life, may we always understand what is most important and what this world so desperately needs. This world so desperately needs Jesus. This world so desperately needs people that love them enough to share the gospel, to share Jesus with them, to share the love of Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the question again. What are you willing to do for the sake of the gospel? How far are you willing to go with somebody so that the gospel can go forth? And you, sit, you might sit there and you, you might go, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I don't have any idea what you're trying to, what you're trying to say to me. But I, I'm going to tell you what the journey that the Lord has me on. The Lord has me on the journey that, that I literally feel like I, have, I am becoming all things to all men. I'm becoming whatever a person needs that the gospel can go forth in their life, that the gospel can go forth through them. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? That the, because I'm not always going to be here. I want to I know. And, and you know what? Here's what I know. Just like when I left the fire station, Dale Fields said, they're going to miss you. Big Daddy, they're going to miss you so much. Fire station hadn't missed. A, the, the, the fire service has not missed a beat since I walked out the door. In fact, I, I, I guarantee you the tones were going off in a station somewhere and they were getting on that ride and they were going to wherever they've been sent. We still see fire trucks and ambulances running up down the road and they don't call me up and ask me, hey, am I doing the right thing, going to the right place or anything? They, they, don't, they don't want it. You know what? They don't care what I think. And that's, and that's a good thing. And, and you know what? To know, to know that the gospel is going to go forth from generation to generation, and that, and that, you know what? I've got the privilege, I've got the privilege of having my son and my, and my grandson and my granddaughter in the same church. I've got that privilege, okay? And, and, and you know what? To, to, watch, to watch him grow and to watch him grow and her grow and, and all that's going on there, all this going on there. By the way, by the way, I am gonna, I am gonna have my grandson preaching one of these days before long. He told me that the, he told me y'all would throw him out on his ear. I said, well, they don't, they won't throw you out. I said, but they'll throw you out. I said, well, that's okay too. But, but I'm gonna tell you something. God's doing a work in our kids. God's doing a work in the lives of our kids. Our, our kids are being taught, and our kids are learning. Our kids are learning. You ought, you ought to hear him. You ought to hear him tell some of these. Tell some of these things from this book. You ought to hear what he's got to say right this moment at five years old 
I know another five-year-old that uh, accepted Christ, and, um, and that was that one back there who's now about to turn 30 on Tuesday. Um, but anyway, so praise the Lord for what, for what the Lord allows us to be a part of. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. And Lord, um, as we think about uh, Herod coming and uh, all the things that come up against the church, Lord, I just pray that you would protect us. I pray that you would guide us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church right this moment. 50 years of, 50 years of ministry in, um, there in Colonial Heights. And Lord, what a, um, what a glorious um, gospel testimony they have. And Lord, I pray over their celebration today. Lord, I pray that you would just give them a, a, a great time of remembrance of all that you have done. And Lord, that you show them um, what the future holds. And you show them um, where they are to go and what they are to do. And Lord, um, Lord I thank you that you, you have us in, in various places um, Lord, I thank you that you are um, giving us the opportunity to go back to Africa. And Lord, I, I thank you for those that have stepped up to, um, to be a part of this next team. Um, Lord, just thanking you for the, the opportunity to um, go to Africa. Thanking you for the opportunity that Dens has to go to uh, Lynchburg in Indiana and to the other places that they will go. And Lord, as, they, as we just continue to, in, in, in all cases, however the gospel goes forth through us, Lord, Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to use each and every one of us um, all for your glory, all for your praise, all for your honor. Lord, that, that you, are, you, are, you are the one that we are to praise. You are the one that we worship. And, and Lord, I, I just want to give you um, all the honor, praise, and, and adoration that you are due. We love you and praise you. In your most precious and holy name, amen. Let's stand together. Amen.